When I was a young man, I didn't know how to live. Evenings, I would carouse with my friends, fighting, drinking, wreaking havoc all through the night hours. Sometimes in a moment of reflection, I would solace in the chapel, my heart swollen with remorse over the suffering I had caused myself and others. My soul felt wild, and I could not discern for what reason I had been born. Finally, this crisis inside me rose to a deafening drum. I decided to seek out the wisest man I could find and ask him to tell me how to live. So welcome to another episode of the Code of Man podcast, and we are going to be discussing today a topic which has come up many times, and one which a few men have actually asked about, and I believe thousands of more are quietly wondering, and that is, how do I handle this thing of fatherhood? The reading that I opened up with today is actually, you're going to like this, I don't know if I've told you guys about this book, have I mentioned Rules for a Night? Yes. 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 It's uh, written by Ethan Hawke. The, the premise of the book is he's writing it. It's sort of a fictional tale, but it's also expressing to... It's it's a knight that's about to go into a battle, and on the eve of the battle, he's writing a letter back to his daughters at home, and he's expressing to them, I may not survive this battle, but if I don't, I wanted to leave you something by way of instruction for how you should live your life. And so it's set like in the maybe 1500s or something like that. But it just goes chapter by chapter, the little short chapters, and it's written to talk about these different virtues, these character qualities. And a wonderful book. Uh, Both of my boys have a copy of that. I gave to them some years ago, and I recently got myself a copy again. I believe it opens up the discussion because in the statement I read there, here's a young man who is troubled, he's questioning life, he's searching for answers. And he realizes that he needs to go to a man, the wisest man that he can find, and ask him, get the answer on, how am I supposed to live? Now, every one of us in this room have been there. We've been part of the search before. And now each of us are being called on to be that man with the answers. So I want to be the wisest man in that, that my children know. I want to be that, that man. Now, I'm not the wisest man, but in their eyes and their perspective and their way of viewing me, I want to be that man that they say to themselves, I need help, I need an answer, and the wisest man I know is my dad, and I'm going there. And so I think that, that men listening to this podcast, as we were talking about before we started, a lot, of, a lot of guys we know right now in our personal life here at the undisclosed location are – about to have their first child or about to have another little baby, and you guys, uh, old E.T. and R.N. here, are raising young children right now. So I think this is going to be a very helpful thing for us to, to discuss. And to help figure this out, I have asked a special guest to come and be with us today. In fact, I have reached out and sought out the wisest man I know. 
and or at least that I could get on the shoestring budget that we have for this uh, <laughs> podcast. So anyway, I'd like to introduce, well, first of all, I mean, E.T. and R.N., just speak a word to the audience. A word to the audience. A word to, to the audience. I love it how when I'm not here on one episode, you guys just act like, man, we can talk, we can do things, and then as soon as I get back, it's just all, you know, sarcasm and bad jokes. Bad jokes? <laughs> man, see, maybe that's what it is. Maybe when he's gone, the, the, the constraints of pressure are removed, and we can just, we can flourish. Yeah, well, we have... <laughs> We brought the constraints and pressure back because our special guest today is none other than E.T. Senior. <laughs> That's you. The original. <laughs> me. The original. I like that. The, the padre, the father of our own easy target here. We won't call you Mr. E.T. Senior. We'll call you Chris Cantrell. That would work for me. Yes. Welcome to That's the... That's what my mama calls me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> studios of the Undisclosed Location of the Code of Man podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you letting me come. Uh, Chris is, again, as I said, the father of uh, Corey over here, our easy target man behind the screen and the soundboard. Wanted to actually bring you back on uh, during Father's Day, during mm-hmm. June, but we didn't get that all worked out. There was a lot of things, other things going on and happening. Mm-hmm. But before we go too much deeper into that, I want to have Chris here introduce himself to our large growing audience in Jamaica. <laughs> well, to the large growing audience in Jamaica, uh, I am Corey's dad. Uh, I pastor Hope Baptist Tabernacle in Moxville, North Carolina. When they asked me about coming and sent me the topic, I got to be honest with you, it's a little, um, it's a little nervous because I know what kind of dad that I've been, and I see my a lot of my failures and a lot of the the shortcomings. Uh, I'm very grateful that my son would be in the same room with me, but but I do see a lot of that. But I do believe that it's uh, probably a more serious, even topic than than what we would normally uh, even give a lot of thought to, uh, as far as the day we live and the type of men and and even daughters that are being raised, you know, by their dads. Uh, I think we're seeing a lot fall through the cracks. So it's a great honor to be here. Thank you. Well, and and to add a little more meat to that that introduction there, if that's the right expression, but. You and I have known each other for 20 years or so. Probably so, at least. Right at that. And uh, and so, you know, we have a, a relationship that's built up over those years. So I know you, and, you know, speaking about the failures and things of your past, I mean, you and I both shared some of our mutual understanding of mistakes as mm-hmm. being dads. And we're close to the same age. Now, you're, you know, a decade or so older than I am, but, uh, you know, relatively close. Relatively close. Actually, only, what, about four years difference? Yeah, I'm I'm 47. Oh, not even that much. Wow. Yeah, we're close. And then, you know, also just pastoring. So you mentioned that you're the pastor mm-hmm. of Hope Baptist Tabernacle, and how how long have you been there? I have been there right about 18 years. So my my reason for asking that is I think that you have a lot of insight from just those years of wa- watching people working and ministering with people to whatever level counseling mm-hmm. and you know, the challenges that, that men and fathers face. And you've probably watched some do really well, and you've probably watched some do some really dumb things that you wanted to pull them back from. But Yeah, but you're limited on what, you know, you can teach them and pray for them and love them, but you're still limited at the end of the day. They make their own choices and their own decisions. You, we could pretty much wrap the podcast on something you said in your introduction, too. You're aware of your failures and mistakes in years mm-hmm. gone by as a father, and yet you're sitting in the same room with your son working on a podcast together about fatherhood. So I think that shows us, 
you know, to all the men listening out there, there's not a one of us that's not going to, A, really actually make some big mistakes along the way, B, feel like we're blowing it most of the time, Mm -hmm. but C, give it some time, things are going to work out because we have, above all, the most gracious, kind, loving Father Mm -hmm. who is 100% behind each one of us, Mm -hmm. and that, at the end of it all, is what what we're going to draw down to Mm -hmm. with this. I uh, have five children. i got three boys, two girls. They range in age from 22 to 17, and then... My youngest just turned seven today, and a matter of fact, as we are recording right now, when when we're done, I am going to play laser tag. Pew 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 pew. America. Yeah. So that's we rehearsed for, that earlier. Yes, we did, that. and you could tell. Yeah. Put a lot of time into that one. It sure did. But we're celebrating his birthday tonight. So five children. I've got some adult children now. Got one married. You know the old quiet man that was with us last week. So then uh, Et. I got three right now, and I got a seven-year-old little girl, well, soon-to-be seven-year-old little girl, four-year-old son, and then five-month-old little boy that all three are teaching me new things and reminding me of my own childhood. And I think that's probably a common occurrence with parents is you start seeing your own self manifesting in these smaller frames and doing things that you're Mm. like, man, I I can't even be mad at him because I would have probably done the same thing. and. Mm. So, on the role in Napoleon, your your child situation. Yeah, I got two boys. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. That's funny. I was talking to your wife. She said she had three boys to That's raise. That's funny. You're a real comedian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in other words, oh, well, and Chris, explain your current situation because um, it's different than ours. My current situation is much different. I have three. All of my children are adult children. Um, Well, all of your children are that age. (laughs) Okay, well, all of my children are that age. uh, But the other one is on staff here, so that's a great thing. Uh, Uh, I I have three children. I have five grandchildren. I have a 23. Five. five. Yes, five. Count them on one hand if you got all your digits. Your si- I've got your sister three. Has my two? sister has two. Yes, yeah. we just she just had. I thought that was the first one. No, no. Well, that shows yeah. what happened when you don't stay in touch. That's exactly right. You well, sorry, call. Cassie. Looks like there's a lot you don't know. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I have I have three children: twenty three, <laughs> twenty five, and thirty one. Did I get that right? Well, you got mine right. Yeah, well, I got the other one too. I think I got the other yeah. two right. That happens when you get older. That's interesting how you you named them uh, or ranked them from youngest to oldest. Well, that's how they've been getting ranked ever since the youngest one came into the picture. <laughs> okay. Oh. See, see the bitterness? <laughs> yeah. That kind of bitterness? podcast. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, uh-huh. it's turned uh-huh. into Oprah. Maybe we need counseling. <laughs> and how does that make you feel? Yeah, I'm used to it. I've got two questions. I'm going to ask them one at a time and just throw it out there and let you let you guys kind of respond to this sort of open discussion. Here's the here's the here's the first question. All right. So now that you're grown, looking back, what do you remember about your dad? Oh wow, that's looking way back. Talking about my dad, I, I guess that uh, my dad is a very mild mannered type of type of man. Uh, my dad was a hard worker. Uh, my dad was always supportive, but a lot of the uh, a lot of the 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 qualities and traits that that my dad displayed I probably didn't recognize just how I probably didn't recognize just how special I guess maybe they were and the type of father that I had I didn't appreciate that's the word I'm looking for I didn't mm-hmm. appreciate those as much then as I do now my dad was I, I had a godly dad I have a godly dad 
Uh, we were raised, I was raised in church, raised, you know, taught right. The type of dad that I had, uh, I was very blessed to, to have him as a father figure. Very hands-on type of dad as far as, you know, I've learned a lot, just practical things. You know, how to build, how to do a little bit of, you know, work around the house, how to, you know, tinker on a car and things like that. So had a very hands-on type of dad, but I also had a dad that was a great example. Um, obviously not a perfect man but a great example of, of what a dad should be. What about you guys? What would you, how would you answer that question? And, and of course, it's great that we've got a dad and son in the room here, so that, that kind of builds a, either a, a place for some real genuine honesty or some real genuine, uh, you know, let me not mess this up. <laughs> well, I tend to try to answer every question by let me try not to mess this up because as we've talked on this podcast That's how before, I approach fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> write that down, listening audience. Yeah, note number one. It's a good rule of thumb, you know. Let me not mess this mess this up, but you know, I I've, I think I mentioned it this even on some other episodes. You know, growing up, my dad was he's pretty intense. You know, whatever he does, he's a hundred and fifty percent into it. Whether it's little league baseball, or whether it's high school baseball, or whether it's just just life in general. Uh, but you know. The thing that the thing that I developed from from that and and saw growing up was, you know, I can't tell you how many times I heard the expression, "If anything's worth doing, it's worth doing right." And my dad exemplified that. He put that on display. Whatever it was that he did, he wasn't gonna, you know, gom around with it. And it reflected as well into, you know, our our Christian life and and the way that that I was raised. You know, we didn't do stuff just because. Well, that's just what we're supposed to do. You know, whatever it was we did, we did it because we were honestly trying our very best to be what God wanted us to be. And, you know, I can look back, and I mean, my dad and I have talked since I've become an adult, and, you know, there's some things that if, you know, by his own testimony, if we had to go back and do over again, we would do differently. And there's some things that we did when I was growing up that I don't do in my own life now. But the thing that I always appreciated was, Whatever it was that we did, I knew that the intention was pure. The intention was, I'm, 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 I'm doing the very best that I can. So that has now enabled me now looking back. There's an awful lot of stuff that I can't even remember about my childhood, like like the, the negatives, the bad, some, some of those things. I don't even remember those because I knew, I knew what I was blessed with and I knew what I had growing up. And so that's something that I, that I always you know, took about my dad was whatever we're going to do we're going to do it to the best of our ability we're going to do it right because if it's worth doing it's worth being your best at and and that's that's been a that's been a valuable life lesson what do i remember about my dad growing up well uh boy um remember better turn that dad blame light off (laughs) yeah i learned that i did not know how to hold a flashlight properly (laughs) uh for the first 10 years of my life i thought my first name was dad burnett um but other than that i would say one thing, for one, I remember that he mellowed out. Do I need to go up? Yep. One thing I remember that he mellowed. One thing that I remember. <laughs> Softer, Softer George. <laughs> Softer George. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I remember. <clears throat> one thing I remember is that when he had grandkids, he really mellowed out. But when I was growing up, he was um, very, I don't want to say strict, but, but very. Intense. Not, I don't want to say too intense. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's a word we're floating around the room here. I would say intense is a good way to way to say it. Um, but 
One couple words I was writing down was just steadfast, uh, having a Christian father who, regardless of what situation we were in, uh, was very faithful, always available. He worked a lot, but he was always at home for family time and always led our home the way uh, he felt the Holy Spirit was guiding him. And um, he was always a good, still is a good Christian example. I was thinking about that question myself, and, you know, if I look back, now that I'm grown up, and I think I began to realize this as a, in my later teenage years, and then as you said, Chris, you get to where you appreciate it more the older you get, but my dad was, I'm going to say the words I would use then, but there's a, there's a virtue or a moral quality that defines it, but just the quiet strength mm-hmm. that he exhibited, and that word is meekness. You know, like real meekness. That's what I saw that in my dad. But I, I also know my dad was respected. <laughs> what I mean by that is that I would I would start to notice and observe that my dad was a go-to man on the job. People would go to him if there was a need in the church. They would go to him in the family. And this is even after I was grown, married having a family of my own and things were happening in the extended family. And my dad always seemed to be, I guess above the fray or maybe on the outside of the fray, but was always asked to intervene Mm. because I think he brought that wisdom and that, that meekness into the situation that people respected. And so that's the first thing I think of when I think about, okay, looking back, that's what I, I recall. And that does translate all the stuff that you mentioned translates into how, our fathers interacted with us. And we can all look back and say, you know, for example, I would say, I don't remember my dad coming to a lot of my sports games and stuff. Now, granted, I played like in, you know, elementary and junior high. I didn't play high school sports. And a lot of times those games are happening when dad's still at work. So I knew where dad was, and I knew dad would be home. And that was never a question. There's so many things that you look back on now and you, again, as you said, Chris, you're so thankful for, you didn't understand at the time how wonderful it was and how much it meant. Because it's easy, it's easy, dads, for your children to see while you're out there dadding, Mm -hmm. it's easy for them to see when you mess up. But if we can go ahead and interject one thing right here, they're also going to notice if when you mess up, you own it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you come back to fix it. So here's the second question. It's kind of the same question, but now turned around a little bit. When your children are grown up, what do you hope they will look back and remember about dad? That's Do it a good question. Let anybody. That, that, that's a really good question. Um, I would say the word genuine comes to mind. Looking back to the last question, one thing about my dad that I can say now, I can say when I was a kid, he was the same man at church, at work, at home. There wasn't no switch that flipped on and off. There was no go-to-church personality. There was no, okay, it's time for family time, whatever. He was the same man all the time. And when he said something and says something now, you know he means it. And that's what I've tried to be as a father. I want my kids, first and foremost, to know that I'm the spiritual leader of the home and come to me about those things at home and not just see church dean while I'm or, or doing spiritual things while I'm at church and, and be the same person, be genuine, have real relationships, 
have real friendships, and know that when I say something, I mean it. So that's the first thing that really that really pops in my head is is to look back and know that Dad's genuine. I hope that you know <clears throat> my kids will look back and and see that that I was patient. You know, this is something that the Lord has been really working in in my heart individually, in His relationship with me as Father, and the long suffering nature that He has in growing me. You know, I I've had the opportunity. I was blessed to live in a Christian home my entire life. You know, I grew up in a pastor's home, went to a Christian school for all intents and purposes. You know on the fast track of Christianity, and yet what I'm learning in the last couple of years is this whole thing has been a process, and the Lord has been very patient and very, very gentle, but loving, and in getting me to, you know, where where I'm at today. And there has been a lot of mistakes and a lot of hard-headedness that I have had, and He has had to reteach me the same lesson over and over and over that's what I want to put into place with my children is this this patient acceptance that they are on a journey. They are young and the Lord is working in them just as he is working in me and you know I, my my nature tends to be a little bit more hey I've done told you once don't let me have to tell you twice type type thing and to a degree you know there has to be that discipline there has to be that instruction but I'm really wanting to get my flesh out of the way and make sure that I am following the leading of the Lord so that I am not punishing when they do wrong, but more chastening and instructing and teaching and working with the long suffering of knowing that Christ is at work in them just as he was in me. So I'll jump in and let you, Chris, uh, back clean up on this question. But both of the answers you've given are fantastic we all get together and write a book on this thing that we're not experts on, but we've got expert answers. We just, we're figuring out how to live it, right? That's a great title. I think the word that I was thinking actually is a compilation of both of those things because let me, let me preface it by saying this. I wish that I was the father I am now 20 years ago. And there are men listening right now who are thinking, similar things or maybe you're still raising young but they're you know they're not toddlers or infants anymore they're young children they're 8 9 10 12 and you're thinking yeah 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 I didn't I didn't know what to do let me let me take that pressure off of you and say we all feel that and you're you couldn't possibly be 20 years ago what you are now not if you're growing and I tell my oldest uh, two children all the time I said look you got the brunt of it you took the mistakes you took my learning Mm-hmm. and it wasn't always pretty. But I want my children to look back on my life and say, Dad was teachable. Mm-hmm. He learned stuff, and we saw him grow. Mm-hmm. We saw him. We remember, to some degree at least, those early young years where everything wasn't perfect and mistakes are made, but we saw Dad become something else, and he became that because of Christ. He became that because... His love for Jesus grew, and it changed him. And I, I, I think also to be able to say Dad was teachable in terms of he learned from us. Mm-hmm. You know, I want my children to be able to look at me and say, Dad took situations in our life where we didn't agree on things, but he sat down and listened to us, and he responded to that. 
And I think that would be a wonderful thing for them to to remember about dad. Mm-hmm. I'd jump in and I would say this. I, it's something that Corey said. Well, number one, before I do that, uh, I will say this. Corey has been exceptionally blessed because he's got great kids. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. got you know he's got great <laughs> kids. They're awesome. And, Makes uh, a difference. Yeah, it does. And if nobody can put two and two together, they're my grandchildren. So that's an yeah. awesome thing. But but something Corey said, I think, uh, is a great truth that I, if I could have got a hold of this, back, you know, when I was first having kids, and raising my kids, was the fact that the greatest example of a father that we have is God. Mm-hmm. And if we know Christ as our Savior and, and God as our Father, uh, then what better example could we learn from? And when you look at the at the at the time, God invests time in His children. You look at the long suffering of a loving father. Uh, you also look at, at the discipline, how that God dis I mean, God is, there's no greater example to be a father, or, or a fatherhood rather, than that example of God the Father. And, you know, if, if we're genuinely conformed to his image with that goal in mind, understanding that, hey, if I want to be the best dad that I can be, that's going to, that's going to pivot on my relationship with God. And the type of leadership that I exemplify in my home can be molded by the time that I spend with the Lord. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great, I think it's a great analogy, but I also think it's practical Christianity. Mm-hmm. You, you literally did what I said. You, you just batted cleanup on the, all three of those, <laughs> those different ideas that were thrown out there. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to, it's all wrapped up in, if we're going to be genuine, if we're going to be patient fathers, if we're going to be teachable fathers, it's going to come back to our walk with the Lord and looking at the example of our Father. Mm-hmm. Boy, there's so much more we could, we could talk about. Maybe this opens up some conversation for down the road. We are going to do a part two. We want to come back and talk about some, some other you know, approaches to this, a plan, a plan for being a successful dad. And I think Scripture gives us something that we've all been looking at a little bit and we can talk through it. And so hope you'll come back to the second part of this series on fatherhood. But as we wrap this up, I want to thank Chris Cantrell for being with us today. Well, folks, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying happy trails to you. Me. Okay. Well, this is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon, and you are welcome. Listen, I don't have a nifty nickname yet. I'm hoping that these guys will maybe assign me one when I'm gone. Pops. That works. But uh, adios. <laughs> and this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying, We be jamming. Hey, man. We be jamming. We just lost <laughs> half of our listening audience. And on that note, y'all come back now. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire, and the flames are the heart of
champion.